Good evening, ghouls and ghoulettes, and welcome to Killer Horror Critic, the podcast worth dying for. Hosted by the Killer Horror Critic himself, this is the show where guests from all over the horror spectrum join to talk about some of their favorite horror films. So get snugged under the covers, grab a cuddly puppy, and prepare for tonight's blood-curdling episode of Killer Horror Critic. Good evening, horror fans, and welcome to another episode of Killer Horror Critic. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Chris. And this is a podcast where my wife and I argue and critique horror films like a couple of drunks at the bar. So maybe you never quite learn anything. Maybe we never enlighten you, but hopefully you have a good time listening. So you all voted, and our theme for this month is Not-So-Imaginary Friends. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we're going to be kicking that off with a film from 2020 called Z. Uh, this is a movie that was directed by Brandon Christensen, who also did the film Stillborn, uh, and it was written by Christensen and Colin Minahan, who uh, wrote and directed the film What Keeps You Alive, which is absolutely incredible. I highly recommend it to everybody. Uh, he also wrote the film Spiral, not the, <laughs> not the new Saw film, <laughs> uh, but another film called Spiral, which is also excellent. I think you can find all of these on Shudder, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and it's essentially a film about... A little boy named Joshua, played by Jet Klein, who starts talking to a new imaginary friend named Z, and his mother, Beth, played by Keegan Connor Tracy, uh, is very concerned about it, and then she starts thinking that she is seeing Z appearing to her, (laughs) and then it just gets way more intense than that, Yeah, Um, (laughs) uh, which we'll get into all of that, but... First, we have our usual spoiler-free stuff. So, as far as releases go this week, uh, there's a few, not too much that I'm super excited about here, but some (laughs) that I thought I would mention. Uh, First up is a film, and these will all be out by the time you're listening to this, uh, but first up is a film called Superhost, and this is coming to Shudder, and it's essentially about a YouTube couple that, like, reviews you know, hotels and stuff like that and Airbnbs and whatever. And anyway, uh, they go to stay at this one place and it turns out that the woman (laughs) who owns it is a complete psychopath. (laughs) And and you can probably guess where it goes from there. But uh, I did watch this one the other day. It's, it's fun. You know, I don't think it's going to blow anybody away, but uh, it's a good time. I forget the name of the actress who plays the, woman that owns the place but she does a really great job of just completely losing her fucking mind in this movie <laughs> awesome. uh, which is always fun so uh so i do recommend it for that so if you're just looking for something simple and fun you know definitely check it out uh another one that i just wanted to mention because of how fucking ridiculous it is <laughs> is uh, a film called karen and this is coming to vod and if you have not seen a trailer for this yet i i highly suggest that you do just for entertainment value. <laughs> uh, because this one, I have not seen this, but from what it appears to be, this one is about a, uh, I believe it's about a, I want to say a black couple moves into a neighborhood and then their next door neighbor is this woman named Karen, of course. Of course. Uh, this white woman who turns out to be super racist and is like, you know, harassing them and stuff. The trailer, though, is like hysterical. I mean, yeah. it, I, it well, because... It, 
you know, it's just it's just one of those movies where like, <laughs> you know, it's trying it's trying to play on kind of like what Get Out did, you know, and and this is the unfortunate thing about I think Get Out, you know, is that Get Out did did a Get Out was amazing in that I think it, you know, Black Horseman has been around for such a long time. Like, it's been around forever, but mm-hmm. a lot of people don't pay, haven't paid attention, right? Yeah. To say the least. And and Get Out was kind of this film that, like, brought uh, attention to black creators. It, it brought, you know, it, it brought a legitimacy, I think, in the studio's eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is fucking ridiculous that yeah. it should have taken <laughs> anywhere near that long to have happened. But... Um, but, it, but it kind of did that in a sense, but, but because there's so many people that just have no familiarity with black cinema, they view Get Out as, like, the first, like, black horror movie in a <laughs> sense, right? And so anyway, ever since then, it's almost, it's almost been like there's this trend of, like, okay, we have to keep doing, like, if we're doing a black horror film, it's gotta be, like, Get Out, right? Yeah. And, and so it's always about, like, Karens and stuff. <laughs> and anyway, I'm going off track here, but... You watch this trailer and it's just like this woman has like Confederate flag like holders for her toothbrush and stuff. Right. Like it's just <laughs> it's just so fucking stupid, you know? Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. If if you wanna just laugh at an over the top, just bad looking movie, check out Karen, I guess. <laughs> uh and then lastly is a film that I did really love and it's called We Need to Do Something. And this will also be on VOD, and this one's basically about a family that finds themselves trapped in their bathroom after a storm and they're trying to get out and to say anything more would spoil it but let's just say it's extremely effective you know it's kind of like it's it's a very contained film Mm -hmm. you know and like the entire thing pretty much takes place in this bathroom so it's very isolated and paranoid and I just I highly recommend it. I think it's a really cool movie. I think a lot of people have a good time with it. It also has one of my favorite scares of the year so far Ooh. that legitimately freaked me out when it happened. So uh, so definitely check that out. Uh, and then okay, so that's our releases for the week. So every week we also put up a poll on Twitter, kind of getting your thoughts and feelings on the film uh, on our Twitter at Killer Critics and just kind of getting what you think of it. So. Between love it, it's fine, don't like it, and never seen it, where do you think Z falls? I'm gonna go with. Ooh. You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna go with never seen it. You've been cheating? You've been looking at our Twitter? <gasps> I get it, right? We, uh, and no, we both know I'm not on the Twitters. Yeah, you don't. Chris doesn't even know what social media is. I um, do not. Yeah, no, it's never seen it uh, by a. <laughs> By a whopping number, so love it was three point seven percent. It's fine was twenty two point two percent. Don't like it was zero point percent, and never seen it was seventy four point one percent. So, so usually we have comments to go along with these, uh, but since it seems so many of you have not seen Z, uh, we actually don't have any comments Aww. from you this week. So, so we'll just jump right into our next thing and talk about what we think about this film before we get into spoilers. So, uh, as usual, we have our tagline versus the film, just kind of what we think of the tagline in the movie overall. Uh, so the tagline for Z was, Z wants to play. <laughs> so what do you think of the tagline and what do you think of Z overall? <laughs> well, I mean, it works. Like, it's a pretty average tagline, but it works for a horror film about imaginary friends. Personally, oh, I'm mixed on this movie. Look, I think it's a really effective 
movie in a certain sense because by the end of it i felt gross and icky and it disturbed me well that's the effect (laughs) exactly and you know that's what horror films are going for it definitely went in a direction that i wasn't expecting it to but it did it very well so like i'm not mad at it it didn't feel like a twist coming out of nowhere so overall i think this is a really effective movie i don't want to watch it again though no i mean it's understandable (laughs) like look is it (laughs) Z Z is not the kind of it's not the kind of horror film where I I think of it as a fun movie, yeah. right? Like it's <laughs> you know, something I realized in just putting our list together for the not so imaginary friends movies mm-hmm. this this month is uh for whatever reason the imaginary friend horror subgenre is actually an extremely depressing one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it will, you know, like, <laughs> like we'll still be fun. I promise you, but 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 I'm just gonna warn you all up front. Like this month, the movies are like super depressing. Pre- prepare prepare for us to be discussing a lot of dark shit. Because yeah, for whatever reason, all of these movies this month are just like super downers. <laughs> but good, but good. So yeah. so my my thing with Z is like, look, you know, I, I think I think that it's kind of. Uh, I think it has a somewhat basic execution in some in some regards, you know, like the like I don't know, the the script itself, the pacing, it's all kind of just it feels very like I don't want to say it's not average, but it's mm-hmm. not it's not anything that like blows me away, right? But that being said, I do think that there are a lot of things that work really well with the film. Like, uh, I, I think Christensen has a really good knack for scares. I think there's a lot of really effective moments in that. Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, it, it's a movie that does, that is very effective in leaving you just feeling kind of gross and <laughs> slimy. And slimy. And like you want to take a shower yeah. and, and watch something, you know, a little happier, right? Um, and, and so, so I guess you could say, like, emotionally, he gets the emotions across that he wants to with this film. Like, he, yeah. it's a very effective movie. You know, I, I don't think that it's flashy in a lot of regards, but it's very effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so it's one that I would personally rate, like, it's fine. It's not something that I love. I don't want to watch Z all the time. <laughs> but, you know, if I'm feeling just like a kind of good, creepy movie, you know, I, I'll throw Z on. Like, yeah. I, it, it's, it's good for that. All right, so we're going to move into spoiler territory now with Z. So if you have not seen it, please do go check it out. Uh, it is streaming on Shutter, I believe. Otherwise, we're about to spoil the hell out of this movie. So please check it out. All right. <laughs> so as usual, who do you want to talk about in Z? You know, we've got Beth and her son, Joshua. There's also the husband, who I think is Kevin, played by Sean Rogerson. Who do you want to talk about in this movie? Uh, so I want to talk about the dad, Kevin. You know, I feel like the the topic of parenting is going to be a strong one with this one. And I specifically want to talk about him because he fucking sucks. He's pretty uh, shit. He's pretty <laughs> shit. But Kevin, for me, represents a side of parenting um, that I think our society is becoming very guilty of right now, which I think is very bad and unhealthy, which is this idea that dads are not involved in parenting. Oh, this isn't a new thing, Chris. This is like this is like tropey horror shit going as far back as you can imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know it's it's been really prevalent in like horror movies before, but like I'm speaking specifically to like how our society has gotten to a point where they really want to treat dads like they don't want anything to do with parenting, which I don't think is good. And as someone who is raised by a, a house husband, Kevin makes me want to punch him in the fucking face. 
because he's a large part of this problem. I feel like this movie really wants to focus on Beth and Joshua and their issues where I really see Kevin as the catalyst for everything happening. And for me, he's the catalyst because the teacher sends these red notes home with with Joshua about mm. his his behavior in class and how it's not okay. And the dad does the shitty thing, the shitty sentence of basically, boys will be boys. It's fine. And when you're hearing Beth read out these statements of like, you know, Joshua using bad language, leaving class, starting to hit students, you just have a moment where you look at Kevin and you're like, why are you thinking this is okay? Why yeah. are you not stepping up? Yeah, so I don't I don't view Kevin as the catalyst. I think that's the... I don't agree with that interpretation of it, you know, because mm. I, I view I view Kevin as more of like um, he's just not helping it, right? <laughs> like I don't view him as the catalyst though, because to me Beth is and always was the catalyst, mm-hmm. and, and I'll get to that in a sec. But uh, but I but I do agree with you in the sense that like I mean, first of all, yeah, no, Kevin sucks. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it it does perpetuate a, a really just false narrative about you know absentee dads and whatnot mm-hmm. and it's not to say that there aren't absentee dads out there there's plenty of them yeah uh but but it has been this really just forever trope in basically all movies dealing with parents and kids you know the dad's almost always the one that's just not in the picture or doesn't mm-hmm. give a shit uh and to take that one step further you know in in horror particularly uh it's almost always the case where the mother is like noticing that something weird is going on, you know, whether it be with their kids or in their new house or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it's always the mom noticing something and they bring it up and then the dad's just like, oh, you're such an idiot. Why would you believe in that? <laughs> you know, like 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 I, I have actual friends that I think would react that way <laughs> to their wife if they brought up ghosts, right? You know, and it just like so so it's always the men doing what they always do in horror which is ignoring the women right <laughs> ignoring everything ignoring the ignoring everything and so so i think i think that that's definitely an issue there uh but but to me him him ignoring that speaks to a bigger problem which is the the ignorance of mental health which i want to get to that in a minute but first what i want to talk about really quick is <laughs> Get ready, everybody, because I'm going to get dark quick. So, <laughs> uh, who I want to talk about is kind, kind of the mother, but mostly like Beth's whole family. Okay. Um, and <laughs> the reason being, so so he, here's what I do like about Z. You know, I kind of knocked the script earlier. I shouldn't have done that. I, I do actually think it's a really clever script mm-hmm. uh, because it, there's a lot going on in this movie that is left up to interpretation yeah uh, it doesn't really spoon feed anything to you and i love that you know i love that it leaves everything open for us and <laughs> one area in particular that is very important is that it really doesn't tell us what the deal is with best family yeah you know all we spoilers all we really end up knowing is that her dad killed himself and she and her sister hate her mom yeah you know that's all we know yeah <laughs> So here's what I think happened. <laughs> um, so so I, I think this can go in a lot of ways, but the way that I mostly read this, which is pretty fucking ugly, is oh. that... <laughs> I don't even know how to get into this. Uh, is that I, I'm pretty sure what happened here is that Beth and possibly her sister, but definitely Beth, was 
maybe perhaps touched appropriately by her dad. <laughs> yeah. And they probably came out and told somebody that the mother, the psychiatrist, somebody. And then the dad killed himself, and then the mother has hated the children ever since because she blames them for the dad killing himself. <laughs> yeah. And and so that that's kind of my read on this, right? So yeah. like that that that's that's what I truly believe happened here. And I'm gonna explain why as we get further into what Z is. <laughs> but first I wanna ask like what your what do you what do you feel this how do you how do you feel like this film kind of treats kids with imaginary friends you know because this is this is going to be a common thread <laughs> like throughout talking about these movies because they all kind of do it similarly mm-hmm. uh, but what do you think of it well i think this movie at least where the the parents are concerned treats kids with imaginary friends like they're fucking freaks yeah um, <laughs> like, you mean they're not no <laughs> i mean joshua might be a freak i don't know Josh was a little bit of a freak. He's a little bit of a freak. Look, the way that I kind of view it with the imaginary friend is, you know, it really kind of boggles your mind when you watch this movie because imaginary friends are such a common thing for kids to have. All kids have imaginary friends. Yes, we grow out of them eventually, but it's it's such a normal thing. And I think it's really unique with this film because I feel like specifically with the parents and Joshua and Beth's relationship, there's a lot of mixed messaging being sent. And I'm not going to lie, I'm going to project a lot on this movie because it's a little bit similar to me and my family's relationship, minus okay. the <laughs> abuse part. For me, the way I view it is that Joshua is kind of being given mixed signals because his mom babies him a lot. He's eight. That's a weird age. You're not really like six. You're not a baby baby anymore, but you're not like an actual kid kid yet, you know? No, (laughs) but okay. (laughs) I mean... You're not a kid when you're eight. (laughs) That's what you just said. (laughs) No, you're still a kid, but it's like you still have to watch how much like you're saying around them because they're not a... You know, they're not quite at that age where they can fully understand. Sure, yeah. But like... She treats Joshua kind of like a baby, but then when he has this imaginary friend, something to play with because his parents aren't playing with him, they don't want anything to fucking do with him, that's being seen as unnatural and like he needs to grow up. And so I think it's this weird thing where, you know, I think in this film, having an imaginary friend, having wants or needs or, you know, needing any kind of help, the psychiatrist basically says in this, he has an imaginary friend because he's bored or he's lonely or he's trying to establish boundaries. Okay. And all the psychiatrist is saying is just like, hey, just be good parents. Talk with him and engage with him. And Beth is just like, fuck that. Can we put him on meds so I don't have to deal with my kid? So I think what you're trying to say is it just – kids like this are ignored, right? Yeah. That's what you're getting at. So like <laughs> – so yes, no, definitely. I mean, that's how that's how all these movies we're going to be talking about treat this, right? And and it just strikes it at the further point of the the ignorance of mental health. You know, like that yeah. that's really what's going on here is how we as a society, we basically ignore anyone who could be prescribed as not quote unquote normal, mm-hmm. right? And so, and you know, imaginary friends are seen that way, which I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why every kid in these horror movies is always perceived as like being a complete outcast. <laughs> and that's why they have an imaginary friend, you know, because it's like, I mean, I was a complete outcast and my imaginary friend never showed up. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, that that dude didn't even didn't want to fucking hang out with me. So, <laughs> um, and, and, like, where was my fucking demon, you know? So anyway, I took all uh, of them. 
apparently. So, but no, but no, in all seriousness, like, you know, yes, I mean, that, that's what this movie's getting at is that, you know, take, take the demon out of it and it's really just striking at the problem of absentee parents, you know, yeah. like parents who are not really much of a part of their kids' lives or, you know, don't really want to have anything to do with their issues and just kind of, you know, send him off to school and like, we'll just deal with it when he's 15 or 16 and he murders somebody, <laughs> you know? And, and, and that continues on in the film in that you've got, you know, the, the school, the instant that Josh is in problems, they, or the instant Josh is having problems, they expel him, right? Uh, they just get rid of him. The, the solution ends up being like, oh, we're just going to put him on meds. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's no, really attempt to actually get at the heart of what's wrong with Josh or what's bothering him. They just keep pushing it to the side. And that's like how, that's how society, you know, it's a good metaphor for like how society kind of treats mental health in general. Yeah. Where it's like, we don't talk about it. (laughs) We pretend like it's not real. I mean, the imaginary friend for Josh, you know, his parents, especially Beth, or, you know, she wants to push it aside, treat it like it's not real. She tells Kevin, don't talk to it like it's real, right? And, you know, she's basically, like, trying to just ignore the fact that her son has an issue. Yeah. And and that is just, I, I cannot, you know, there there's not a better metaphor out there <laughs> <laughs> than how Beth treats her kid that represents, like, the way society treats people with issues. Yeah. You know, we don't talk about it. We don't deal with it. <laughs> here's some fucking medication to like make you uh, a zombie you know and then we're just gonna leave it at that (laughs) and to your point there's not a single moment in this film where we see anybody talking to joshua about what he's going through no yeah it it just it it just continually is this message about like how society fails kids yeah you know Uh, because it does i mean you know there you just think of so many kids that, like, they get in trouble at school and then they just get expelled, you know? Mm-hmm. And that really shouldn't be a solution. The solution should be we work with the kid to figure out what the issue is because just expelling them doesn't really do anything <laughs> other than just get them out of the school, right? Yeah. So, so you know, it, it just – I'm not going to spend all the time on that, but it just it, – it, this movie's talking a lot about just, like, our structural failings in the system for how we handle children that do have – any sort of developmental issue, right? Yeah. Um, And so for a kid like Josh, who's kind of an outcast, doesn't have any friends, you know, it's like a nightmare scenario because no one's listening to him. No one's trying to help him. They're just, here's some medication, fuck your imaginary friend, and and that's kind of, we'll end it there. Yeah, his parents really just have no interest in engaging with him or talking with him about any of this, which is just like, you would think that it's parent 101. The first thing you do when your kid has an imaginary friend, they at least ask him what his name is, and we get that weird, creepy scene where he, like, intensely draws Yeah, I like how he has to draw the Z out instead of just saying it. It's very intense. (laughs) It's very weird. Listen, kids drawing shit is creepy always. (laughs) Apparently. But, you know, that's the long and the short of it. That's it. They just ask what the imaginary friend's name is and move on. They never ask, what is Z? Who is Z? So I'm going to ask you that question. (laughs) (laughs) Why would they why would they ask him, what is Z? Where does he come from? Well, because kids, imaginary friends, they could be hippos. They could be elephants. They could Uh, be. uh, Fair enough. Um, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Uh, What is Z, Josh? Uh, Okay, so so I mean, I'd ask that question. 
I mean, look, so so as far as what Z really is, I mean, I don't fucking know, you know, he's <laughs> fucking demon, who cares? He's um, a pedophilic <laughs> nerd demon. He's a pedoph- pedophilic nerd demon, sure. But as far as, like, what I, what I interpret Z as, you know, Z's kind of twofold. Like, so, and I'll talk about the other half in a sec, but as far as what he is, I think, to Beth and Josh, is I, I view Z as sort of, Beth's frustration with Josh, you know, I, I like, okay. b- like basically, uh, I'm trying to think how to put this. Like he, he is the, he is the anger <laughs> that <laughs> that exists between Beth and Josh. Uh-huh. Okay, so think about it this way: the as the film goes on, Z begins to show himself more and more. The more Beth becomes frustrated with Josh, you know, so. So every little every little incident with Josh is like a catalyst for another vision of Z, right? Mm-hmm. And the more frustrated Beth gets, the closer she's getting to Z. You know, mm-hmm. whether it be like seeing him in the slide or being in the fucking bathtub <laughs> with him, you know, like it's it's her getting closer to him. And why I say that is to me, you know, Obviously, this movie is is kind of striking at the heart of, like, family issues. You know, I mean, there's obviously a reason why Beth's entire family hates each other, right? Yeah. You know, and, and, as, and Beth and Josh's family, like, they're, you know, super distant, and there's not a lot of love there, it feels like, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a cold love. And so whenever I see Beth interacting with Josh in this, you know, she strikes me as a mom who didn't really want to have kids or or maybe she did but she just doesn't really love her son that much you know or or like him very much yeah like she she has she's that she's that kind of tired parent that just doesn't really want to engage with their kids like we've been talking about you know Mm -hmm. i mean there's countless examples uh throughout the first half of this where josh is uh, trying to get her to play the lava game with him and she's just like oh fuck off josh (laughs) you know and your lava or, or speaking to my point, you know, the first time that she actually sees Z is when they're at the play area and Josh is trying to get her to go up on the slide and she's at like peak frustration yeah. where she's like, I don't want to go on the fucking slide, <laughs> you know, and, and Josh goes and runs away and she like leans back and she's like sighing, you know, she just, she's so like tired and exhausted and she doesn't want to fucking deal with this. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time she sees, like actually sees Z. Yeah. You know, so... So I just view him as like he's he's this hatred mm-hmm. of hers, you know, because my interpretation of this is like Josh sees Z, but to me, Josh seeing Z is kind of like Josh recognizing his mom's hate for him. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it totally does. But it's like his acting out, you know, all, all this kind of stuff that he's doing. That to me, I interpret as Josh recognizing that his mom doesn't really love him that much and Uh so that's why he's acting out and so z to me is kind of like the figure that represents that yeah so i think that's a that's a very valid theory to like what what z is personally for me i see z more as i'm more as kind of a shared trauma thing because like i i don't fully want to judge beth and like what her relationship to josh is i think that you do have a point 
that she definitely didn't want to have kids, isn't prepared to actually engage with her son. And I think part of that goes back to something you brought up earlier, which is her own childhood trauma. And I think that she really hasn't dealt with that. And the things that she went through as a kid created Z in the first place, right? And he's kind of the representation of the trauma she felt as a kid and what she went through. And I think that when you when you don't examine your own trauma and you don't really deal with it in a healthy manner, which Beth definitely hasn't, you inadvertently can pass it on to your kids without really like paying attention. So I think that, you know, Z kind of represents Beth passing on like her own issues accidentally to to Josh and it's manifesting with him because now he's seeing the exact same thing that she did growing up. But then if we're going off of the, like, she got touched by her dad, then hopefully Josh isn't seeing Z for that reason. Well, well look, I mean, this this is why I always say you got to look at these things as not being, like, strictly in the universe of the movie. Mm-hmm. In, in, the, in the sense that, like, you know, I, I tend to come at these things from, like, what what's from a storyteller's perspective like it sounds so fucking <laughs> sounds so fucking pretentious but but like what from a storyteller's perspective like could that kind of symbolize right yeah um because yes believe it or not you know a lot of us when we're writing we want to sneak little shit like that in there right you know it's it's the sign of a good writer like not mm-hmm. like most things have meaning you know and so i guess when i look at this like yes shared trauma is a part of it but it's less to me that you know, that Josh has experienced any kind of trauma necessarily and more so just that he is getting those vibes from his mom. Mm-hmm. And when I when I think of Z, I don't really think of Z as Josh's imaginary friend. I think of him as Beth's creation. Yeah. You know? So, like, for put it this way. For all we know, this is all in Beth's head. Uh-huh. You know? Like Josh, Josh actually having an imaginary friend, that could not even be a thing at all. You know, like this could all this could all be completely in Beth's mind. Uh, maybe Josh is acting out, and and maybe Josh really did push that kid over the railing, <laughs> and and all of this all of this Z bullshit is just a way for Beth to comprehend it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. Like she, like to me, it, Z is her creation. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So then kind of going off of that, what do you think that Beth's relationship with Z is? Well, again, so this is why, you know, this is why I don't really view Z as anything really to do with Josh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it all having to do with Beth because because it all it all goes back to Beth's history. Right. Uh, so, you know, we end up learning that Beth had Z as an imaginary friend when she was a kid mm-hmm. and uh, getting dark with it again, you know, <laughs> going back to what I was saying earlier, like. This is why I think that, you know, <laughs> this is why this is why I think that, you know, her dad may have um, touched her, <laughs> may have may have not been so appropriate. And uh, is because, you know, we go back in time and we've got we've got one single video, really, or two videos, really, to, to kind of give us any sort of clues. And one is, you know, Beth playing and her dad is like trying to get her to do something and she's ignoring him. And then he gets like really just like, you know, uh, fierce with her, right? Mm-hmm. And is like birth, you know, and and that's when she like turns around and is like, all right, come on, Z. That that as far as we know is like Beth's first interaction with Z. We have no idea, yeah, you know. And then and then we see in the tape too that the psychiatrist shows her where she's talking about like, you know, 
her, the psychiatrist says, so your dad says you don't love him anymore. And she's like, I don't love him. Yeah. This is why I think <laughs> that it has something to do with her dad, because, you know, it strikes me as this is this must be something that happened. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it was very traumatic for her. And she created Z as kind of like this figure that came out of all these, you know, difficult to understand emotions and like hatred and anger and frustration and you know sadness and loneliness like all, all of that kind of manifested into z for her and you know and so it all comes from him i think so so as far as best relationship with z you know it, it's why it's why like it's why i think it gets really uncomfortable with z because z if he comes from these if he comes from this trauma between her and her dad it makes a little bit of sense why bet why this creation of bets may also sort of be like her dad yeah you know so so we you know we discover that like okay z is very obsessive controlling it gets really fucking weird with her saying that z told her that she was gonna find her when she grew up and have her babies and stuff like you know so so that which is another reason why i think it kind of you know strikes at the like uncomfortable shit yeah but so it's why to me like z is her trauma he is frankly i think he's her dad yeah if i'm being honest you know (laughs) i definitely agree with that especially towards the end when it's just her and him in the house together and it kind of alternates between her in a very childlike state where they're just like playing games and then the scene at the the dining room table where they're having breakfast together where it turns very kind of like violent almost abusive with just a simple thing of her getting the wrong milk yeah like that's such yeah exactly like it it strikes me like her dad was probably like that yeah you know so so it's it's that weird kid logic well not kid logic but it's it's just like that weird effect of trauma of like you know in a sense she created him to to feel like she had a connection to somebody as a kid Uh um because she was obviously very you know traumatized and and lonely and that kind of stuff but in doing so in creating him out of that it ends up creating this thing that has a lot of the DNA of her dad. Yeah. You know, the, it has the obsessiveness. It has the, uh, the anger, the controlling, the touchy parts, right? Like it, (laughs) like it, like it has all of that, you know? And so to me, this is really Beth's movie. It's not Josh's movie. It's not, it's not Josh's issue. It's Beth's issue. And it's why I think that a lot of it has to do with kind of being inside her own mind because, you know, as you get later on in the film and she actually goes back to her childhood home and is like dressed as a kid, watching cartoons, mm-hmm. she boards the whole house up. Like she she's reverting back to a kid and reverting back to the trauma. And so ultimately Z ends up being like this traumatic memory that's followed her her whole life and her going back home and boarding herself up, you know, that's that's basically a pretty simple representation of like her just reverting back in her mind to this trauma. And being unable to escape it, you know, like she's yeah. basically she's basically boarding herself up in this memory and not allowing anyone else in. It's why she burns the tape. She wants to forget like every bit of Z, right? Yeah. And every bit of what happened to her, which is understandable, mm-hmm. but she's going about it the wrong way. Oh, yeah. you know? And I think that speaks to what you were saying earlier about how imaginary friends are kind of dealt with in this movie and the fact that in this movie it's very much making a point about what happens when you don't kind of face and treat mental illness head on accept it for what it is and try to work or 
work with it because Beth, especially in the end, very much is trapped within her own her own trauma, her own problems that she seems very unwilling to actually work through. Mm. Um, and I think that really speaks to this concept of trying to ignore things, trying to sweep it under the rug. And, you know, and, you know, part of why I think she hates Josh is because I think she sees a lot of herself in Josh. Yeah. You know, and and part of that comes from like, so, so, you know, Josh is portrayed as this lonely kid who's kind of an outcast, doesn't really have many friends. Right. And as we watch, like as this movie progresses, Beth is now losing all of her friends mm-hmm. and it's connected to josh yeah so it's like the 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 worse it gets for josh the worse it gets for her yes you know the the more the more she is forced to revert back to what she was as a kid Mm -hmm. you know like i I just think it's fascinating like how how she shares like sort of this this like symbiotic relationship almost with her son (laughs) yeah well and that's why i kind of brought up earlier why i view z as a little bit more shared trauma because I think, you know, to what you just said, it's showcasing how if we don't, you know, face our own traumas, our own issues head on, you know, unfortunately, there's a good chance that we're going to repeat the same patterns that we were raised with instead of breaking the cycle, which means that we're going to pass on a lot of that stuff to our kids. We're going to see those same things play out with our kids. And Beth very clearly with this can't handle that. She can't handle watching Josh kind of, bear some some resemblance to her um and then yeah to your point it makes everything with z just worse because like fucking who wants to look at like a mini me and be like oh shit i fucked you up the same way i got fucked up indeed um (laughs) (laughs) and and kind of off topic i I do also find it fascinating that uh, that z in the bathtub with her I, I personally think, like, I know you say he looks like a nerdy dork demon that lives in his mom's basement, but... Yeah, you punch um, him! <laughs> but but I find it fascinating that Z in that moment, to me, kind of looks a little bit like the Doctor. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... He, he also looks like a goblin. Like, he kind of looks, like, skeletal and frail, and he's got the long, like, pulled-back hair, right? <laughs> or combed-back hair, Did so. the Doctor also touch her? <laughs> well, see, I don't know, but not... I don't, I don't think the Doctor touched her. I, mm. I mean, who knows? Like, it's impossible, <laughs> you know, but... Uh, I mean, fucking child psychiatrists. I don't know, but um, <laughs> that is no offense to any child psychiatrists out there. I just hope everyone knows that. What what I think that is because look, th- this is interesting too. Is that Z keeps appearing in different forms? Mm-hmm. You know, like Z, like the drawing of Josh or, or Josh's drawing of Z doesn't look like any interpretation of Z that we see physically, right? Yeah. Z appears, I think, in very different ways throughout the movie because. Uh, like when he's in the slide, he looks like a fucking like goblin monster demon, right? And then when he appears in the bathtub, he looks like a fucking weird version he, of the doctor. He looks like Golem. Uh, looks like Golem a little bit. Uh, when he appears behind the doctor in the house, he looks like a he looks really fucking freaky. Mm-hmm. You know, looks like something completely different. And so I guess what I'm getting at is that he. Again, I don't think that Z is anything in particular other than Beth's trauma yeah. you know and her rage and her anger and all that and so maybe the reason why he kind of shows up in the bathtub looking like the doctor is because the doctor is just another person that she connects to that trauma because mm-hmm. that's who she was talking to as she was going through all of this stuff right and so maybe she just you know ends up projecting that image of him as just being connected to z in that moment like it's just this movie as we're talking about this it's like it, look this movie is complicated yes. it's it's really complicated 
uh, when you really start to kind of dig into it, it, like just so much of it doesn't make sense, but it all makes sense. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, it's the, the brilliance of this film. I think, you know, you put it well earlier where it gives you a lot of hints of things that could have happened, did happen, but it doesn't spoon feed you anything. So you can kind of come to your own conclusions about what you think it's really getting at, um, which is what makes it brilliant. I do feel like there's there's one last theme that we kind of see throughout this film that I know it means something, but for the life of me, I don't know what exactly. Um, we do have a constant theme of like trains throughout this film. Like our film opens on it, it ends on it. There's trains constantly throughout this. So I'm curious what, what your take on the trains are. Okay, well, so yeah, so anyone who didn't notice, because uh, this is the stuff that I noticed or that I am always looking for in these things, is that so so trains are a huge theme in this movie. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's more it's even more than it opens and closes it. So like it does, you know, our, our first image of Josh, the opening title sequence is him playing with his train set, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it ends with you know Josh almost being hit by a train <laughs> in the end. But then, but then there's train symbols all throughout. You know, the the first time I I think it's I believe it's the first time that Beth ever thinks that she sees something related to Z is when it, she spots what she thinks are eyes in the closet, and it turns out to be part of a train. Yeah, you know, one of the toy trains. And then Josh, for some fucking reason, <laughs> has a portrait of train tracks over his bed. <laughs> You know, and so like it's it's things like that that start to get to a point where it's like, okay, no fucking kid has a fucking like <laughs> a, f a fucking frame of train tracks. All right. You know, like here's the if you like like if you love trains as a kid, uh -huh. you don't want the fucking train tracks. You don't want that. You want to you want like a big photo of a train. You want the train. You want the fucking train, you know, yeah. so like so something like the train tracks over his bed is just it has to mean something you know yeah. now as for what that is i don't quite know you know so this is just me guessing but uh <laughs> and i'm getting uh, I, I might be a kind of like on the nose with it but so so i look at it this way the the first time that beth thinks she sees you with the eyes and it turns out to be this toy train that particular toy train is the conductor's train. Mm -hmm. You know, it's where the conductor sits and he's got his, he's got his little happy face <laughs> as he's like pulling on the lever and you know, whatever. And, <laughs> and so I, I kind of, I kind of interpret that directly as sort of meaning like Z is kind of the conductor. Uh -huh. Like Z, Z is kind of the conductor of Beth and mm -hmm. of her relationship with her son. And you know, he he is in he he's like he's like driving this trauma train, right? <laughs> <laughs> driving the trauma train, woo woo. Yeah, exactly. Trauma train, woo woo. Destination death. Um, so, <laughs> to be fair, she doesn't die. She just becomes she, a vegetable. She doesn't die. That's true. So, uh, so anyway, he he's like this conductor almost, where he he is he is this trauma that is taking Beth to this almost unavoidable destination because of how she has been able to deal with it. And I don't want to, I want to sound like I'm victim blaming here either. You know, I don't want to say that this is best fault. I hope nobody yeah. interprets it as that, but I'm just saying that, you know, because Beth either never got the help that she needed because mm -hmm. her mom was never there for her. And obviously seems to have probably taken their dad's side in this whole situation. Right. Because of all of that, Beth just kind of was left with no outlet and no options. And so, 
you know, it just ended up kind of destroying her, I think. Yeah. It, long before she ever knew, you know, it, 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 it's been with her probably her whole life. Mm -hmm. And it's only with her son, you know, beginning to maybe show signs of, uh, of having some kind of issue himself that it really like makes her realize that it's been with her the whole time. Uh, but so, so, so the train theme, yeah, part of it is, I, I feel like it's, you know, and on the nose interpretation of, of Z is kind of like just taking her this inevitable path, you know, cause mm -hmm. that, that's honestly what trains are like trains. They don't veer off in different directions. They don't take a left turn here and a right turn there. They're, they're on a single track heading to a single destination and that's all there is to it, right? Yeah. Maybe another way to look at it is that trains are also cyclical, mm -hmm. you know? So they they go to the same point A and B back and forth, round and round, you know? And, and that's what's going on in that beginning is Josh is taking this train in a big old circle, you know? And I guess maybe what it's kind of saying there is that, look, you know, th this kind of trauma in itself is sort of cyclical. Like we were talking about, like, shared trauma, right? Mm -hmm. it it's sort of cyclical in the sense that, like, Beth's dealing with her issues and she kind of ends up passing that on to Josh because of how it's affected her, mm -hmm. you know? So, and, and him driving that train around and crashing over the two people fighting, I mean, to me, that's just her and her and, or to me, that's just him and Beth. Yeah. You know, it's just him and Beth clashing <laughs> And this inevitable fucking trauma train coming to destroy them both. So. <laughs> uh, for me, my, my very loose like attempt at trying to figure something out with the trains is when we start the movie, the trains are imaginary, much like Z is. And I kind of view it as almost a metaphor for... The trains are imaginary? Like he is not playing with trains? Well, I mean, he <laughs> is, but like he's pretending that this small train is a big train. So... The way that I kind of see it is like the way the movie starts off with the, the train. It's just a toy train. He's not playing with a real train or anything like that. It's something small, something that he can easily knock over himself, you know? And then where we're ending is Josh literally on train tracks about to get smushed by a real live train, right? So The trauma train. The trauma train. He's about to get smushed by trauma. He's about to get smushed by trauma. And so I think the way that I kind of interpret the, the train is that it's very easy in... It's very easy to try to pretend like your your trauma, your pain, whatever, is just this small little thing that you can manage. It's this little small toy. It's not a big deal. Because to your point, the train gets bigger throughout the movie. We mm. start with a small one Josh is holding. By the time we get to Beth finding the train that she thinks is, is Z at first, that's a bigger train. And then we have the fucking giant trauma train at the end, right? Yeah, I get what you're saying. We 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 have the same interpretation yeah. of it. It's just different, <laughs> just different way to explain it. It's basically yes. What you're saying is it's just this this inevitable thing is getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, shit snowballs you know? unless you deal with it. Ex exactly. Yeah, and, and and look, I think that's totally legitimate, and that's a good you know that's a good observation that it does get bigger throughout the movie. Um, Made one. <laughs> and and part of, part of that too. What I, what I think is interesting about the the train in the end is that. You know, it, it's close to, it's close to. Uh, this is gonna get dark again for a second. It's close. <laughs> it's close to Best Sister's house, right? Mm -hmm. And I could definitely be wrong here, but when I when I look at when I look at where her sister lives, you know, it it feels like this kind of old, rundown property, mm -hmm. you know. And I have to wonder. Did 
did her family either used to live there? Did they own this property? I I, I would lean towards they probably they maybe own the property, mm-hmm. right? And and I I just this this is taking a little too far, but I but I ha- I have this vague concept of like I almost wonder if whatever happened between Beth and her dad, if that is something that happened, I I almost wonder if it took place in this area, you know, and, and maybe Beth has unknowingly passed on this sort of train theme to Josh, mm-hmm. you know, cause again, like, look, trauma works in weird ways. Right. You know, so some of you might think like, Oh, well, if, if it happened near trains, Beth would never look at another train again, right? Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, if this stuff is working in your subconscious mm-hmm. from when you were a kid, you know, it could be playing a role in your life and you might not realize that that's the reason why. Mm-hmm. You know, like she might have an obsession with trains. She doesn't know why, though. And so maybe she has been the one who is like, maybe she's the one <laughs> buying this fucking portrait of the <laughs> railroad tracks for Josh. <laughs> Uh, because, because she's like, oh, you like trains. Here's the fucking railroad tracks that are seared into my mind. You know, uh, like it's just that kind of thing. I don't well, know. And she, she, I mean, parents buy all the artwork for their kids' rooms. Anyways. Well, uh, yeah. Obviously yeah. Josh didn't go out and buy that himself. Yeah. So. Oh, I am. I, okay. So the only reason I'm going to disagree with that is because I am, I mean, they could have lived there, but she grew up in the house that she escapes to at the end. Because no, that's, I know. yeah, that's where dad kills himself. No, I know. That, that's, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I never said that she, yeah. that she grew up there. I'm just saying, like, I feel like it ha- whatever happened might have happened where that property is. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, there, there's so many coincidences that play into this, like the fact that her sister lives right by fucking train tracks and trains are a huge theme of the movie. So. I think that's more going on what her sister is dealing with because her sister went through her own trauma, but she's not she's handling it a completely different way because she's an alcoholic. She's dealing with drug abuse and alcohol abuse, so I think she's just like... Yeah, well, her sister doesn't have a portrait of fucking train tracks over her son's bed. No, because she made sure that she lived right next door to the trauma train. She's just like, look, there's my trauma train. Here it's going again. Right, well, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, who knows? Maybe it happened to both of them, you know? I mean, By the I'm train just, tracks. I, I don't know. I, look. I'm, oh, I'm not sorry. I'm trying not to laugh about it. It's just, it's also really funny that just it happened no. by the train look, tracks. Look, I want to say, say this for, for any of you to listen to us when we're talking about stuff like this and, and we're like, you know, laughing and, and whatever. Uh, look, it's because this shit's dark and we're trying to lighten the load, you know? Yeah, like, we're not trying to belittle any of this. It's just really. Like, I, I, de- I definitely do not view this subject as laughable. Okay, nope. but. <laughs> it's really sad but, and depressing. Yeah, but, but, you know, so it's. So no, I I just think that that's possible. I I yeah. think that I think that whatever happened could have happened near that place, and th- and and the train, you know, the the imagery of trains, the thematics of trains mm-hmm. have just been with Beth, and she might have unconscious, you know, subconsciously been buying this train shit for Josh, uh, because that was just burned into her brain, right? Yeah. So, all right. That being said, you guys start wrapping up. So, who is your killer idiot of Z? Like, I know you disagree with me, but for me, it's still Kevin. It's the dad for 
literally getting red slips about his child having problems and going, I'm not fucking dealing with this and sweeping it on the rug and just being like, he'll be fine. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely Kevin. I want to, I want to take, I want to take his, uh, I want to take his number one dad mug and smash it on the fucking floor. (laughs) Yeah. We don't see one of those in the movie, but I'm sure that Kevin probably bought one for himself. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to take it. I want to break it into a thousand pieces because you, you suck, Kevin. You're the worst, Kevin. You're the worst, Kevin. Yep. <laughs> uh, what about your killer death? You, obviously, it's Daniel, the small child that gets thrown off the, the banister. I like that we both have the same concept here because it's, it's never actually said that Daniel dies. You know, but that but, kid is suffering. Oh no, 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 no! I, I viewed it further. I, I, it never says that Daniel dies, but I mean, look, I'm pretty sure that fucking kid's dead. Yeah, like, that kid <laughs> is either dead or paralyzed for life. Well, like, Kevin gets off the phone and he and he tells Beth like, "Oh, it's not good." You know, it, I, I don't. He doesn't learn that Daniel has died there. You know, mm-hmm. but but I just I just have the assumption of like. I don't know that Daniel made it through that. Daniel fell fucking two stories down and hit his goddamn neck on a railing. I'm pretty sure he's dead. (laughs) Well, and that scare was so good. Like the timing of it. it, It's one of the best parts of the movie. Like it, 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 you know, I don't, I don't jump off into films or or anything like that, but that one got me. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I screamed the first time. You probably did. Uh, but you scream at everything. So (laughs) I do. Um, what about your, what about your killer MVP? Look, that goes to uh, Ke- uh, Keegan Connor Tracy for her portrayal of Beth. Look, I I think that she did a really good job. I think that Beth is a difficult character to play because you're playing someone who has unresolved trauma, unresolved feelings towards her son, all of these mixed things, and I think that she does a really good job of letting just the right amount through so that we can kind of travel along Beth. Kind of hate her because she's a shitty mom, like, but she's a shitty mom because she's dealing with her own demons and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't hate characters like this. I, oh, I don't hate her. <laughs> you just said you hate her. Oh, she, but she is. No, I said she's a shitty mom. No, you said I kind of hate her, but <laughs> well, because she's a shitty mom. But right, the actress you said is you great. Hate her. <laughs> just because I say I hate a character doesn't mean that it's a bad character. It no, means it's an effective character. No, I know, but what I'm saying is I don't hate her character. Okay. I mean, like, I, I, I'm more forgiving than Chris, you know? I don't really... I am not <laughs> forgiving. I don't, I don't hate characters for their personal issues. <laughs> like, I mean, no. Is Beth the best? Is she going to win Mom of the Year award? Definitely no, not. We're but also I, smashing her number one mom mug. Right, but, but I'm not... <laughs> but I'm not going to bash Beth because I would probably be very similar as a parent. I mean... I, you know, I'm, I fucking get exhausted just taking care of our dogs sometimes, you know? So I can't, I can't even imagine a a kid that wants to like constantly be getting my attention and making me play with them. And I'm not saying I wouldn't have fun with that sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we both, we, we have our, we have two nieces, you know, and I, and I love playing with them. Yeah. But that amount of playtime is limited. Yep. And we hand them back to the parent. We're good. Right. I, I, you get, you get two, three hours max out of me. And then I'm like, all right, I'm done. You're going to go back to your parents now and I'm going to go do adult shit yeah. because that's what I can do when I, when you're not around. So. That's why we made the, the decision so, that was right for us to not have kids. Right. So, so I look, you know, so I look at Beth and I don't, I don't, bl- I guess what I'm saying is I don't blame her, you know? So I, so I don't hate her <laughs> anyway. Uh, so my, my killer MVP is, is whoever drew that Z drawing on the wall. <laughs> Hell yeah. That Z is fucking creepy. 
uh, I just I think that that's that's like one of the so I remember when this film was being advertised right and I was getting all the press release stuff for it and that that was a photo that stuck out to me because that was just like that's really fucking creepy you know yeah. and, and it's and it's a good drawing you know uh, I mean fuck it if Josh can draw like that he should take up a career as an artist you know yeah. like fuck trains Josh <laughs> <laughs> but no I just I just think that 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 particular design was really good it's very effective in the film. I love the scene with Kevin where he's in the room and all the lights are flashing and it kind of feels like that image is jumping off the wall and then it literally does jump off the wall. You know, like I, I just thought all that was great. Uh, like I said, Christensen is very good at doing those kinds of scares. And, and I think that, that that in particular, that drawing and what it does later is probably one of the more effective moments. So That drawing is 10 times scarier than, than Z actually is. Than Z. most of Z's images. I, I'm sorry. The, the image of Z that appears behind Dr. Zeger, played by Stephen McCaddy, th- that image of Z is really fucking scary. It's you, creepy. No, it is scary. You only see it for a second, but I'm telling you, if you if that thing was up close to you, you would be terrified. <laughs> I mean, probably, but if it's Bathroom Z, I'm just going to poke it in the eye. Oh, no. Bathroom Z is ridiculous. Bathroom Z looks like you could punch a hole through him right yeah like, bathroom z's <laughs> a fucking wuss i could take him in a fight yeah probably all right but that's on that note that's gonna do it for us on z so hopefully that wasn't too fucking confusing <laughs> i feel i feel like anytime anytime we're talking about like you know trauma and imaginary shit and it's all in this person's mind it all gets really convoluted and like what the fuck is going on here uh so hopefully all that made sense i don't know i'm always buzzed by this point uh but 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 so that that was z hopefully you enjoyed that uh next week we're going to be talking about daniel isn't real which is an amazing movie if you haven't seen it it is excellent highly recommended i also i do believe that one is also on shutter but it is a great movie i cannot wait to talk about it with you all also very dark so (laughs) just be ready for that i'm i'm telling you all four movies this month are dark as fuck (laughs) so so it's gonna be a depressing month here on killer horror critic but we're gonna depress you in september uh september is a depressing month because it's the month where we're waiting for october because it's all of our favorite months yeah and we're just sitting here like god just fucking be october already it's the anticipation (laughs) exactly so september is the most depressing month of the year uh but (laughs) but on that note uh so that's gonna do it for us tonight on z so i'm matt and i'm chris and have a good night horror fans bye i hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode of killer horror critic if you'd like to scream with us some more Please subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Killer From Space, as well as Instagram at Killer underscore Horror underscore Critic. New episodes release every Friday, so keep your eyeballs peeled just the way I like them. Have a good night, horror fans.